0: Today's podcast is sponsored by LSC, a credit union service organization that provides products and services that allow credit unions to exist, compete, and thrive in the financial marketplace by meeting the demands and needs of current and prospective members. LSC is a payment services provider with credit union member-focused strategy. They offer multiple debit, credit, and prepaid processing platforms to facilitate seamless integration to a credit union's core processor with flexible and comprehensive reward strategies to optimize membership growth and retention. All customer service and implementation needs are handled in-house, providing quality assistance and controlled costs to credit unions. LSC also has portfolio development programs to review a credit union's portfolio and create a customized analysis that offers information and solutions to make the credit union's card program more profitable. Visit lsc.net for more information.
1: Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. I'm Ron Jost, senior editor in CUNA's publishing department. Author and digital leadership expert Eric Qualman is the author of five books on digital leadership and innovation. He has performed in more than 50 countries and reached 25 million people this decade. He has inspired and digitally transformed audiences for FedEx, Chase, ADP, Starbucks, Godiva, the FBI, Facebook, and Google. Qualman will be among the keynote speakers at the 2018 CUNA CEO Council Conference to be held in Irving, Texas, the 2nd through 4th of October. Qualman believes today's companies must engage with audiences through digital media but at the same time they must uphold the same values that they convey to their families and friends it's not an easy balance to maintain but few people in qualman's line of work combine his blend of inspiration and intelligence i'm sure you'll enjoy spending some time with eric one of your key concepts is social nomics can you uh, describe what that is for me
2: social nomics at the easiest level is just word of mouth is now on digital steroids. Meaning that in the credit union space, most of your best members always come from word of mouth. And now with social, mobile, digital, all these tools out there, socialnomics just means that now word of mouth is on digital steroids. It's a lot faster and it's a lot broader than it ever has been before. Or if you think about it, the word of mouth is now world of mouth. So it's just taking something that's historically always driven in this instance your best members, and now it's making it faster and having more scale.
1: Now you you say we have to embrace social media as an essential form of telling our message, but what what do you tell people who are are, are scared of events like the Facebook Cambridge Analytical Scandal? Or those who feel those who might feel that there's just too many algorithms turning away with our personal information that we share on social networks, people that might be a little apprehensive.
2: Yeah, I tell them I actually you'd be surprised to hear this, but I always say, you know, you always got to be apprehensive around anything. Um, but all these items, I'm a tech guy. I've been in the tech space for 26 years, so I love technology. But the reason I love social media is because it's all about relationships. So it's really about deepening relationships or to put it at an easier level. We live in a Jetsons era but it's those that act like the Flintstones and the Jetsons that will win. And so it's always being cautious with your online presence uh, and understanding there's nefarious people out there whenever there's new tools, uh, but understanding that if this is the way our members want us to communicate with them, uh, especially moving forward, then it's just part of the game that we play to help deepen those relationships.
1: And uh now you say privacy is dead. And I recently wrote an article where I quoted another one of our speakers from a conference who who told an audience that privacy is no longer a thing. For credit unions, making members feel secure is very important to a financial institution. How can they do that in this day and age?
2: I think the winners in this day and age and the decades moving forward are those that we trust, those that we trust with our data. And so anyone can be hacked. We've seen it from the NSA to the FBI on down the line. Is it, who do I trust? So when Facebook takes that hit, you just mentioned with Cambridge Analytica, then all of a sudden I trust them less. So in time, it's a way to differentiate yourself as a credit union. It's a way to differentiate yourself from competitors, from banks. It's like, you can trust me. Trust me not that I'm perfect, that there's no possible way we can be hacked, Trust me in the sense that if everyone can be hacked, trust me to know that I'm going to do everything I can to prevent that. And also, if that occurs, you trust me to do what's right to get that fixed.
1: So a lot of it's about values. Um, and we'll get to values in a little bit. I know that values are a key thing for you, too. I and mean, just transparency, I
2: guess, as well. For sure. No, transparency is huge. Um, it's understanding that none of us is perfect. And so warts and all, when we're out there, if you think about your online reputation becoming your reputation, whether that's as an individual or whether that's as a credit union. And so your online reputation is not going to be wart free. Those warts and the data will show it actually. If you think about, I'm jumping around a little bit, but if you think about on Amazon, if someone goes to make a purchase, the item that has a 4.5 star rating will sell more than the item that has a five star rating because it's more credible. I want to know. I know this thing's not perfect. I know this product's not perfect. I know this credit union's not perfect. What is it where they are weak and where are they strong? So I know that going in and also once I develop that relationship with them. So that transparency is huge. Understanding, hey, we're not perfect and that makes us perfect because this is what we do well. This is what we don't do well. So if this is important to you, then maybe we're not the right selection for you.
1: So that's interesting. The item with the 4.5 stars sells better than the item with the five stars.
2: It is. And another, this stuff gets me excited because we talk about reputations as you yeah. brought it up. Is the other thing that's interesting if you look at the data is that if you have two similar items with both the same rating, the one with the most volume wins. And sometimes the one with the most volume, even if it has a lower rating will win because it's more credible and it depends on the amount. But if a, if a, A product, let's say, has a four point five star rating and has three reviews, and a product has four star rating but has two thousand reviews, more times than not that four star rating with the volume actually performs better. That being said, what does that mean for me as a credit union? What it means is almost any review is a good review over time because it helps add to the volume, but more importantly, when it's not a quote unquote troll, someone that doesn't even, isn't a member at the credit union or is just mad at the world, but actually is a, a member that has a legitimate gripe. It's better for them to tell you what that is so you can fix it versus them just leaving the credit union.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. As an Amazon shopper, I do find that very interesting and somebody who pays attention. And I am, and I, and I do find myself being skeptical, you know, when they're say, 32 and they're all five stars. You 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 do want people to be you do appreciate people's honesty. And it is okay to have a few blemishes. That being said, you don't want you don't want to see all one stars either. The psychology of that customer journey is interesting.
2: It, it, very interesting. Another thing that's intriguing is Amazon increased their revenue 200 million dollars in one day just by turning on one simple switch. The one simple switch they turned on many years ago was show me the best ratings and the worst ratings, the most. And so they've got that. Now everyone's familiar with that, but you can click on, I want to know, show me the most relevant five star rating and show me the most relevant one star rating. So Amazon was hesitant to turn on that capability for years. But once they turned it on, it actually increased their revenue $200 million in one day because now I have more trust because of that transparency. I now, I go, okay, this is the worst case scenario, this one-star rating that everyone found helpful, and this is the best case scenario, the five-star rating that everyone found helpful. So now I'm more likely to buy this product. The same holds true for a credit union or whatever it is that we're doing out there. And so that transparency that you mentioned is massive.
1: It is, it really is a brilliant feature. I I do know exactly what you mean. Kind of to move on here, you say that people have a seven-second attention span. Now, how can a business make an impression or tell a story in seven seconds? Facebook, Twitter, these social media sites, they have virtual, they have virtual populations that are bigger than China and they cover demographics from teens to octogenarians. How can, how can businesses focus their message given that wide scope of demographics?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Attention spans, according to the research, are shrinking from 12 seconds down to seven seconds, which is less than a goldfish. And so how do we get something across? The number one thing we need to do, and which is hard to do, very hard to do, is to take the perspective of the recipient or the viewer. A lot of us take the perspective of here's why we're great. Here's what we do well. And we push our story. It's in our DNA. It's nothing wrong. I've I did it originally too to sell my books or to get myself on stage. And and like a lot of companies that we've worked with and a lot of organizations that we've worked with, it doesn't work because you don't want to sell first online. You want to share first. Sharing meaning that what's of value to that end user. So an example of that would be when I did a video for my book, Socialnomics, my first of the five books, my publisher said well, I don't understand this video. It's not talking about you or the book much. How's this going to sell books? book? And I go, exactly. The values in this is valuable to the user. And in my mind, me selling this particular book in this video over the top is not going to be a value to the user. What's a value to the user is they want to know what are the latest and greatest trends around social media. So long story longer, the video went viral. Not that I have a recipe for things going viral. But it went viral because it wasn't over the top about the book and about me. And guess what? Ultimately, that led to the book becoming a number one bestseller because it's passed along. And at the end, it mentioned nomic. And so it's really trying to get out of your own way in some instance and just saying, what's of value to the user? And that goes back even to older digital tools like email. People always ask, how many emails should I send? Or how many times should I post on social media? Well, it only becomes spam and email when it's not of value to the user. That's when it becomes spam. Same holds true on social media. How many times should I post? Well, if you're always providing value, you can post as many times as you want during the day. Uh, but most of the time, you got to just do a three-second rule and ask yourself, if it takes more than three seconds, whether you think something's of value to the end user, it's not. It should be a no-brainer within three seconds. Yep, everyone needs to know this. This is helpful for the user. They're going to want to know this.
1: Google and Google and Amazon are always held up and kind of as examples as is you're going to be speaking at one of our conferences and and we're always using them as examples. And I, and I think rightfully so because just because they're so ubiquitous. But at the same time, they're, they're kind of a hard bar to reach because they're the two companies that are, that can, they really can be kind of all things to all people. But most companies can't be all things to all people. I mean, can companies be all things to all people, or should should they just try to focus on one or two things?
2: You definitely don't want to be a jack of all trades, you know, master of none. So that thing's been around for years and years. It holds applicable today, now more than ever. I'm writing a book on focus, so I'm doing a lot of research around this. It's imperative that you maintain what it is you do well and just hammer that home. Uh, To your point, Amazon, I actually think long-term, that's going to hurt them. Uh, I saw it firsthand when I worked at Yahoo in the late 90s. We had some brand folks come in and, and tell us, hey, this is wonderful. Even though you're only a couple years old, you're the sixth most recognized brand in the world, and everyone thinks you're a search engine. And we're going, a search engine? We're everything. We do this portal. We do all this, blah, blah, blah. And then guess what? A small company that helped power our search All they wanted to be was a search engine. At the time, Google was powering our search, and then they just focused on search. And then away they went. And then in time, because of the network effect, it does allow them to expand into other areas. But I do believe that's why Google broke out their companies as well into Alphabet versus other stuff. But to keep the answer short is that I do think long-term that will eventually hurt Amazon, expanding too fast into other markets. They do have a network effect, but you need to hammer home what it is specifically you do well. So if you're a credit union that specializes in veterans and specializes in veterans in a local area of Philadelphia, you need to hammer that home every day because that's how you're going to compete with the big boys. If Amazon decides to ever get into that space, like they're now getting into pharmaceuticals, that is the only way you're going to win is competing on your terms, not on their terms.
1: This next question, I think you you might have answered this a little bit. Digital media is—it's really—it's about a lot of it is about sending messages, and it's about engagement. And I am wondering how businesses can engage with consumers on social media. Is that about providing value? Is—is is that what what value is about?
2: It is, and so. I'll give you, there's a lot of ways you can do it, but I'll give you the strongest in flash, the easiest, which is the best, right? This is not only the simplest, but it's also the most effective, is that everyone should carve out a minimum of three minutes a day to post it forward. So we've heard about paying it forward, but what's post it forward? As I mentioned earlier, you don't want to sell first. You want to listen, interact, react, and then share. So posting it forward, what it looks like is if your favorite tool of choice is email, you find an article. That say a member might enjoy, or a business partner, or an employee. You go, know, hey, I know you're interested in this stuff. I was thinking about you. You might enjoy this article. Send it to one person, two people, whatever. And so it's reminding that person when time and distance are an issue, when you don't have time for those coffees, those lunches, that I'm thinking about you, that you matter. And it doesn't matter which digital tool is your favorite tool of choice. When I say you, it should be there, the person who's sending it to. So if they like LinkedIn, it might be on Post It Forward that. You take three minutes a day to go and endorse sometimes there's rules, regulation, the credit union space, but you go and endorse someone for a skill set. Or if Twitter's your favorite tool of choice, you actually go, Hey, I respect these three people in the community because they're making it better. And you list those three people out. Or if it's Facebook, you go in and actually like a post that they've posted on there that you actually like. And so that's what's called posting it forward. And what it does is it's allowing you to network before you actually need the network. The worst time to network is when you need that favor, when you need to ask for something. So this is allowing and using tools to give you either an organization or an individual scale. Because you can't have a thousand lunches with all your members. It allows you to have scale. So a lot of the people make mistakes is they think it's all about what I post, what I as the individual organization needs to post. But most of the time, it's just providing value in that sense of posting it forward, just reminding people that, hey, you matter. You're making an impact in the community and i'm going to shine the light on you.
1: No, and i think that's a great idea. Post it forward. That's a great message cuz people people do like that. It's like a it's like a virtual pat on the back. People like to do it. It's just to acknowledge their friends and say i know you're here. That kind of thing. And it just just to kind of offer support for your friends every day.
2: Yeah, i like to call them digital hugs and digital high fives.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Post it forward and you you also talk about you don't businesses should, should individuals shouldn't make any statements that our parents wouldn't approve of or that we wouldn't want our children to hear um and really isn't that about values transparency and authentic, and uh being authentic
2: exactly right it gets back to a lot of your listeners have probably read the book seven habits of highly effective yes. people and in that book the opening sentence by stephen covey is what would you want people to say about you at your funeral And that's what got the wheels turning for me when I wrote Digital Leader was, okay, the main shift now is that we don't have to wait for our funeral. We can see via our digital stamp, that's what other people post about us online as well as what we post about ourselves, but we can see via our digital stamp what people are saying about us as an individual as well as an organization in real time. Just by a simple Google search is the easiest way to do it. But... That got the wheels turning, and it goes back to values, that it's all about living as if your mother's watching, making sure that you always go back to your core. What's your why, W-H-I? What's your mission? How do you differ from the competition? And if we went away tomorrow, what's the loss to society? So again, it's W-H-I. What's the mission? How do we differ from the competition? If we went away tomorrow, what's the loss to society? Always having that front and center, the why, as well as our digital stamp, what do we want ultimately people to find on Google five years, 50 years, 500 years from today is always leads us. Now, keeping in mind that we're not perfect, we're going to make mistakes. And so when we do make a mistake, it's all about being flossom. It's a funny word, but it's really about people don't think we're awesome because we're perfect. They think we're awesome because we're perfectly transparent about when we make a mistake. And the key, again, a lot of the stuff, listeners out there, this stuff goes back 200 years for just standard public relations approaches to things, but it just has a digital twist because things move so fast in the social space, is number one, we made a mistake. Number two, here's what we're going to do to fix it. And number three, actually follow up and fix it.
1: We're all exposed. We're all going to get, as you said, we're going to get some lower star reviews. And one thing they can do is answer those low reviews and own up to them. Is that, was that an example?
2: That's a great example. Yeah, go out, find that someone negatively comments, actually address it, and then go from there because you're going to learn. Keep in mind that 10% of the web is made up of trolls. So if you can identify, some of this is more qualitative. There's no tool that can help identify it. yet. they're working on right. it. But identify, hey, this person's not actually either legit or this person's never going to be happy. So let's focus on the negative reviews where people are legitimate members have a legitimate gripe, and then we can take it on. Digitally helps because then there might be five other people with the same issue, and now you've answered five people' issue at once. Yeah, and like
1: you said, be flossom. Be flossom.
2: It's interesting. If you look at the Ritz Carlton, I was fortunate to, to be in a seminar with them. This is many years ago, but it sure. holds true today as the flossom approach. They're the only ones that, at the time, had won an award back-to-back for customer service, And the guy gave a speech on it for an hour, and he goes, "Look, I just spoke for an hour, but the one thing you need to take away—the 30 seconds—is if you show empathy, which in this case we're saying beef blossom. If you show empathy, that's all that that, matters—that you're showing you actually care about the problem."
1: Yeah, people people really identify with empathy. One thing I've—kind of as an aside—one thing I've noticed about speakers, the people that really seem to to have the most success with audiences are the ones that at the beginning of their presentations kind of share something personal with the audience because they, they gain empathy with the audience. They tell a little story about their family or their past. The audience kind of identifies with them on a personal level. And that's, that's kind of, they build that bridge of empathy, I think with the audience.
2: No, it's a great observation. The more you know about someone, I agree hundred percent that you can identify with that person then all of a sudden, away you go it's like when you travel when you travel you all of a sudden you're in the middle of thailand you haven't heard an american accent in two days and all of a sudden you hear someone speaking in english with an american accent all of a sudden you guys are are, are connected even though you might have never connected when in the u.s it's like all of a sudden you yeah. have that bond because you have that shared bond
1: yeah and another great example that you use You say that words that businesses put on T-shirts, and there's so many of them that you see these days, are the ones that you should be most proud of. And from a general sense, what are some of the the words that are most top of mind to you, the words that you you most like to see on T-shirts that you think businesses should most use?
2: The word give is good because it has so many different meanings. Give yourself a break, meaning give the organization a break when you make a mistake. Give the employees a break when they make a mistake. Give in the sense of we need to give back to the community. We need to give, uh, give of yourself. Um, and so that's give in monetary means to, uh, the local community in this sense. Um, and so that's always a great word of, of give. Um, it's fantastic. Um, another word which people go business. Like, that's not a business word. In my mind, it's probably the strongest business word. The number one used hashtag in the world on Instagram, number one hashtag in the world on Instagram is L-O-V-E. It's just love. And people don't like to talk about that in a business sense, but it's so powerful. And so that's something I think we're starting to see more and more. Historically, and when I say historically, just going back to even the 70s and 80s, is that people are like I wear my suit. I'm a business. I've got to be serious. And obviously, there's important aspects to that when we talk about privacy and data security, uh, being serious around those those topics. But at the end of the day, it's people, as you mentioned, want to know you and relate with you. And so, the more human you can make yourself and show that you care, give, or love, uh, those are those are great words. And and I say the love one because a lot of listeners are probably going, that's crazy. This is a business. Well, that's the difference in today's world. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of negative things that come along with our world not being separate anymore. We work nine to five, Monday through Friday, with those lines being blurred. But one of the huge benefits is that it helps to humanize business. It helps to humanize your boss. And so that's one of the things that I get excited about is that that's one thing I think that technology is there's a lot of negative things that come with technology, but net net, there's a lot of positive things, and that's one of them.
1: That gets right back to what we were talking about, as far as empathy goes. And businesses do use businesses do use that word all the time that they have to show empathy for their for their employees, for their for their customers, and credit unions for their members. Those words, given love, really do are, are really are about empathy. So that's the word of the day, I guess.
2: Yeah, and you're in a great space. That's why I love, I can't wait to be there because that's why I love getting in front of credit unions because they're to help, especially at a local level. And so it's it's kind of a heyday for credit unions when you think of the sense of millennials. That's one of the top things they care about. They're 40% more likely to pay for something, pay more for something that's local. But another great t-shirt, which really relates to the values that everyone listening has been exuding for so many years, is just, how can I help? How can I help? So in credit unions, at the end of the day, you're helping someone. It might be you help them, enable them buy that dream house for their family, or they finally get to go to college. Whatever it is, they're the first one to go to college in their family. Is it, especially for credit unions, at the end of the day, you've helped somebody. And so that's an amazing thing to be able to get up every day to say, I'm going to help someone. And so that's a great t-shirt of, how can I help? And the reason it relates to digital is that now you can help more people than ever because of the scale that digital allows if you do it right to help develop and deepen these relationships.
1: Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google
0: Play. This podcast was sponsored by LSC, a credit union service organization that provides products and services that allow credit unions to exist, compete, and thrive in the financial marketplace by meeting the demands and needs of current and prospective members. Learn more at lsc.net.